One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. to the Explaining History podcast, and today I want to talk uh, once more about the uh, intellectual origins of fascism, and we're going to talk about Friedrich Nietzsche today. Um, Friedrich Nietzsche is a hugely misunderstood, overquoted, um, complex and hard to uh, grasp, hard to kind of really pin down um, intellectual figure. And I'm going to be explicit here in that uh, I am no philosopher, I am no Nietzsche scholar. Um, my understanding of him really is the understand is his relationship to the uh, intellectual roots of fascism. If you're looking for a wider understanding of Nietzschean thought uh, in general, um, there are probably better people than me um, who can help you through that. There are uh, innumerably, uh, innumerable great Nietzsche scholars out there, um, certainly who um, broadcast on YouTube particularly. Um, once again, we're looking at Roger Eatwell's brilliant uh, Fascism, A History. Um, and Roger Eatwell describes um, the importance of uh, Nietzsche, um, whose writings, mainly in the latter part of the 19th century, seemed to encapsulate many of the kind of the anxieties that pre-fascist uh, thinkers seemed to be um, articulating. Roger Eatwell writes of Nietzsche. There's no doubt that Nietzsche's writings are elusive, often dealing in metaphors like sickness and health, or in irony rather than clear arguments. They were also written in a radical style, synthesising literature and philosophy, the abstract and the concrete. Three sets of argument, however, were central to Nietzsche's credo. First, anticipating Freud, was the appreciation of the irrational, unconscious side of human nature. Now, when you look at figures such as um, Hitler, um, Hitler in his writings was keenly aware 
that um, the rational part of human thought was often um, really quite uh, minimal uh, in the minds of uh, the people he believed he spoke to. Uh, he was famous for saying, you know, try not to speak to an individual's uh, intellect, instead talk to their, their feelings, those uh, powerful passions within individuals. That's where you'll really get your um, reaction from, that's where you'll get what you want from them. And uh, Freud, um, emerging at, uh, around the same time, slightly later, um, who uh, identified the unconscious and identified that there was a, a, a deep and unspoken um, set of um, barely uh, recognised drives um, that people um, were fueled by um, the, the, the ego and the superego and the conflict between them that led people to behave in ways that often they didn't understand and that only psychoanalysis could bring these drives and these desires to light so people could understand themselves. Um, Nietzsche was um, far more certain uh, that this uh, irrational side of human nature was a challenge to the Enlightenment conception of the individual, the idea that the individual was rational and could reach ever greater levels of um, civility and civilization. Uh, Nietzsche has a much more negative view of individuals. Um, uh, perhaps you might argue a uh, more more realistic, but certainly in the um, one of the ways in which this informs fascism is the uh, centrality of conflict to fascism. Um, both Hitler and Mussolini uh, and other key fascist uh, agitators believed that war and struggle and conflict and bloodshed were natural and normal parts of the human condition and should be encouraged and that by um, preventing these aspects of the human condition that the civilization, the West particularly, had atrophied. There's a whole um, bunch of stuff I've done on this podcast um, when talking about Hitler's view of society and that, that society had atrophied and there was this kind of degree of social ballast, as he put it, um, the riffraff, uh, the scum, that hadn't been, uh, that would normally, in normal running of things, be killed off in a healthy society, were now there dragging everybody else down and the, the kind of the the fat had to be cut from the lean meat. This was his view. This brings us to the second part of Nietzsche's um, thinking. Uh, Roger Eatwell writes, Next, Nietzsche was fearful for the future of the West, which he believed was lapsing into decadence and irretrievable decline. He related this back to Christianity, which he would term a slave religion, and its later secular forms, humanism and socialism. These, he believed, encouraged a false sense of universalism, tending to promote pity for the weak rather than respect for the strong. Um, and again, um, one of the key arguments, one of the uh, key reasons why Hitler despised socialism is he viewed it as, um, he, he tied it with anti-Semitic uh, thinking. He believed this was kind of a clever Jewish trick to encourage uh, Western societies to uh, weaken themselves, that the, the poor, the needy, the sick, the disabled, the infirm 
would be uh, kept around by um, socialism uh, and would lead to uh, the rot of societies. Nietzsche argued that the original problem was Christianity itself, that Christianity, um, are the uh, Gospels of the New Testament, and their focus on compassion, on turning the other cheek, on the concern for the poor, the needy, uh, the wretched, um, had really destroyed uh, Western society. And instead of focusing on the weak, the, uh, the worship of strength was really the creed that would see the rejuvenation of the West. Um, this is certainly um, in Hitler's, um, Hitler's thinking. Uh, Hitler's entire aesthetic, uh, if you look at the architecture, the sculpture of Arno Brecker, for example, the famous sculpture Readiness, uh, of um, the, the, the naked Aryan man holding a sword, his features kind of hard, cold, and merciless. It's a celebration of uh, Aryan male power and um, violence uh, and implied violence, uh, cruelty and mercilessness. Um, and the idea that really uh, mercy, sympathy uh, and solidarity and compassion are terrible weaknesses. Um, the final theme um, was the idea of the Superman. In 1883, or 1885, I beg your pardon, uh, he published his uh, most famous book, Thus Spoke Zarathustra. Here, he argued uh, that the main lesson of history was that the except in exceptional times, a man of destiny would use his will to rise above the herd of ordinary men. Nietzsche, therefore, eulogised the great leader, the Superman, who would overcome nihilism and recreate a more spiritual community, the man who would turn politics into aesthetics. Um, in the uh, late 19th century, a key de debate amongst kind of romantics and uh, proto-fascists was what would become of Western society in an age of mass democracy, uh, mass labour movements and socialism. Uh, and the fear was that the individual, which was kind of a key part of romantic thought, a kind of the pioneering, self-directed individual, would be lost to the masses. There would be, would, there wouldn't be individuals anymore, there would just be um, a, sea, a sea of peoples who, uh, instead of uh, being in the position that they would have been during the Middle Ages, medieval serfs, um, peasants, they all now had um, part of the uh, process of decision-making uh, and individual um, spirit and vigour and strength would be gone. Um, not a very well-articulated argument, but one nonetheless. And the answer that these sort of proto-fascists came up with is that there would be one individual and there would only be one important individual, and that would be the charismatic leader, the great figure who would step to the front and lead the masses in times of crisis. And this, of course, this idea of uh, the leader or the Führer was uh, uh, not a new idea when Hitler uh, articulated it. It had been mentioned uh, on the fringes of uh, German uh, extreme 
right-wing thinking for half a century by the time Hitler penned Mein Kampf. Roger Ewell writes, Hitler was fond of posing for photographs, staring at Nietzsche's bust, and he frequently visited the Nietzsche Museum in Weimar, where the mad philosopher died in 1900. Um, this actually perhaps tells us more about Hitler than it does about Nietzsche. Um, the sister of Nietzsche, Elizabeth, um, and her husband, the anti-Semite Bernhard Forster, um, had set up um, a kind of like an Aryan colony in Paraguay during the 1880s called Nueva Germania. Um, and this turned out to be a sort of apocalypse now stroke kind of Fitzcarraldo type hell where um, uh, with uh, you know, malaria and madness and Forster himself actually drank himself to death when he was there um, his uh, Elizabeth Nietzsche um, returned to uh, Germany uh, in the 1880s and 1890s um, and took control of the affairs of her brother, whose mental health was in severe decline because of his infection with syphilis. Um, and before he died, she set about um, transforming him, transforming his legacy into that of nationalism and anti-Semitism. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, there's precious little in Nietzsche's works um, that really are um, focused on, that really can be interpreted as, as anti-Semitic. However, um, as we've seen with Marx, um, and I did a podcast, I must have been last year now, on the way in which Marx is, was interpreted by those who uh, gained direct access to his works after he died. Um, there are many different Nietzsche's and there are many different Marxes, um, depending on who is uh, articulating what they believe to be their legacy. 
uh, and uh, Elizabeth Nietzsche really captured her brother's work for nationalism and anti-Semitism. Now this would of course have been uh, appealing to uh, Hitler uh, many years later, um, but there were other attractions to Nietzsche. Partly that of Nietzsche um, being a kind of a, a complex, contrary and uh, difficult uh, thinker, hard to engage with. Um, Hitler um, himself and a kind of like an avowed anti-intellectual, what he tended to mean when he referred to himself as an anti-intellectual intellectual, was he was opposed to certain kinds of intellectualism, but there were uh, certain ideas that he thought were rather attractive. Um, he saw advantages uh, of exploiting the authority of people who were perceived as great thinkers. Um, it was more the certain type of intellectual that Hitler condemned. Hitler despised ra the rationalistic, optimistic believer in the perfectibility of people and human progress. He despised the Enlightenment intellectual and Nietzsche, uh, as Hitler understood him to be an anti-Enlightenment intellectual, someone that did not believe in this upward trajectory towards the sunlit uplands of rationality, technology, and rights for all, uh, as kind of realised through this kind of um, journey. Um, Hitler believed um, in struggle and in racial struggle, um, and he saw that Enlightenment thought encapsulated mainly in liberalism and, and Marxism. Um, in Nietzsche's final work, Ecce Homo, in 1888, he prophesied, One day there will be associated with my name the recollection of something frightful, or a crisis like no other before on earth. I am not a man, I am dynamite. Um, Roger Eatwell writes, It's all too easy when studying the origins of fascism to accept Nietzsche's implied connection between ideas and events, without realising that the relationship between thought and practice is elusive. The crucial fact is underlined by the fact that it is far from clear whether Nietzsche uh, would have supported the fascist movements which emerged after 1919. One of the reasons for this, and it's very easy to say, but you know we can hypothesise, is that the you know what Marx would call the lumpen proletariat, the the thugs, the working class, the uh, uneducated um, type cannon fodder uh, of the uh, uh, Second Empire, uh, the uh, Kaiserreich, who uh, would later make up Hitler's brown shirts. Um, Nietzsche would have had very little time for them, and he would have had very little time for um, the anti-intellectualism, the um, uh, celebration of uh, book-burning ignorance of Nazism. Um, many uh, commentators have stressed that Nietzsche was a critic of German nationalism. He was a critic of biological theories of race. Um, but there is uh, kind of a lot of scholarship um, that, again, challenges this too. Um, Nietzsche's critique of German nationalism was basically twofold. He believed that it was diverting attention from more general European problems, especially the rise of decadence. 
So Nietzsche looked at Europe as being one civilization, and he thought that the problem of the urban poor being and the the sick and the weak being a drain on society's resources was far more important um, than whether Germany was in a dispute with France or or Russia. Um, and he saw uh, he thought in terms of civilizations going into decline as opposed to uh, individual nation states at odds with one another. Um, secondly, um, and related to this point, Nietzsche believed that modern German culture was too materialist and what he thought of as being too philistine. In defence of the idea that uh, Nietzsche was um, a racial thinker, he viewed uh, the problem of decadence in Europe uh, as being um, one where uh, more virile races, uh, more martial races, um, ones uh, where the population growth rate was higher, where the people seemed to be uh, more uh, warlike, more tribal, more angry, more expansive, um, and more able to um, fight, fight, struggle and win than Europeans. He viewed that as being um, the, one of the fundamental problems facing Europe. And um, that has to rely on a number of racial assumptions um, about uh, seemingly more, more virile peoples. Um, and it was part of a kind of a broader culture of articulating racial anxieties in Europe uh, at the end of the 19th century, at the end of a century of rapid imperial uh, expansion. However, Nietzsche was far from being alone in any of these views. Um, these were not considered at the time out of step with the uh, broad sweep of um, bourgeois uh, sentiment in most European countries. Um, the idea that racial thinking was somehow aberrant or strange or wrong or immoral, that's really a product of the 20th century and it's really uh, a product of the post-Second World War era, um, whereas in the 1890s, talking about hierarchies of race, taxonomies of race, there being uh, certain races at the top, in the middle and at the bottom. This seemed to make a, 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 a perfect sense to most European imperialists because they appeared to have witnessed evidence of this with their own eyes and there didn't seem to be anything particularly wrong with the idea that white Europeans were born to rule the world. Most popular anxieties came from the question of, well, how long will this persist for? Um, and how long will uh, history um, now favour white Europeans and keep them in their hallowed position of imperial masters? And this was some of the things that Nietzsche was, uh, believed he was addressing through his theories of uh, decadence. Perhaps one place where fascist um, thinking and Nietzsche's thought um, part is the idea of the possibilities of radical change. Fascism is about dynamism. Fascism is about constant action. Fascism is about uh, less, th less thought, less talk and more do. 
fascism is about um, the inspired leader taking uh, the masses, taking uh, their following in a particular direction and using uh, willpower uh, and mastery uh, of the will in order to achieve anything. Nietzsche had a more pessimistic view of the possibility of change. Um, he didn't see, he, didn't, he wasn't certain that simply uh, divine uh, inspiration and willpower would really overcome the obstacles that Western society faced. So fascism is a political program that in part draws on um, the writings of Nietzsche Nietzsche's own philosophy, as I said um, earlier, a kind of expansive, far-reaching, uh, complex and hard to uh, interpret in many ways. Um, the um, use that the Nazis and the Italian fascists made of Nietzsche was quite narrow. They cherry-picked aspects of his thinking uh, and applied it to a political program and this is what uh, political leaders of all shades do the world over they find uh, philosoph philosophical doctrines and really bend them into their their own usage it's not to suggest that uh, Nietzsche's doctrines are either benign or uh, malevolent um, they are simply what they are his observations on the societies, the individual, and the future of uh, European civilization, um, and the problem that Christianity, humanism, and socialism, in his view, had created for um, the heroic individual. Um, Hitler saw this and believed these ideas, and really did marry these ideas in with. Uh, anti-Semitism and nationalism with a help from Nietzsche's sister Elizabeth um, who had already begun to um, capture her brother's work for this end. Okay, so in the next podcast on the origins of fascism we're going to look at um, the development of fascism after the First World War um, and I will catch you then, uh, so uh, thanks very much for listening, and always remember, if you are able to donate to uh, the Explaining History Patreon page, um, all contributions gratefully accepted, and we do survive on a tiny trickle of ad revenue and the generosity of our patrons. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. All the best. Bye-bye. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.